coming fall and had some real sweet Christian fellowship. Got to be in Dr. Garvin Wall's church on Sunday. He had a national meeting that we got to go to and always loved being around that preacher. And then on Wednesday, we heard our son Daniel, a little country church in Tennessee, and uh, we kind of helped fill the place up, and it was good to be there. And then we were in Kentucky at Brother Andy Sharpetta's home church, and the uh, pastor invited us to come back and be there in the evening. So we had a real good time of fellowship. Now, we don't have a special tonight. So I want to just give you some important announcements here while I can, and we'll get into our text, Luke chapter 19. Now, this is important. I'll be announcing it tonight, and then Sunday morning, and then obviously Sunday night's when we're going to do this. We're having a mission vote. Uh, we had mentioned to the church at the beginning of the year we we're suspending the vote till uh, after the tent meeting sometime in August. So I met with the deacons before I left and told them about this. And so this is the information that we have. It'll be this Sunday night. We'll have a mission vote. We're going to be able to take on seven out of ten missionaries that have come our way. Seven out of ten. With the way the money's come in for Faith Promise, it's a good year. And we'll still have some fun for emergency and for projects like we like to do to help missionaries. We had two missionaries that are retiring from their work. Uh, Brother Merle Ayers uh, requests no more support from Parkview. He's relocated in Ohio. And then our missionary to Poland. I'm trying to think of his name right now. Wolski, Brother Wolski. He's there for 19 years, and he's called it a ministry, and, and they're going to continue to serve the Lord but not be a missionary. So these two missionaries will not get support uh, after this month, and then we'll be able to take on some more. And so I want you to know about that. And then we have three on the ballot. We'll have three situations where we have people that have left the field they were in for another field. And so we want to bring that back to the church, get the mind of the church whether we should continue supporting them or not. And that'll be on the ballot. We'll discuss that on Sunday night, okay? So please vote between now and then. We'll mention it again Sunday morning and have the vote on Sunday night. And uh, that's something to look forward to. And then my wife has the ladies' day away, ladies, this week. She wanted to make sure that got announced. And that's on uh, this Saturday the 18th at 9 o'clock in the morning to about 1.30 approximately in the afternoon. They're going to the Eastern Market for some fellowship. And here's the important point. Rain or shine. Last time... The weather report said rain, 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 and when Saturday came, no rain. So uh, rain or shine, they're going to do this on Saturday, okay? Meet at the church. Transportation is provided. Any questions, see Mrs. Brown, okay? Then there's one other change. Uh, ladies Missionary Support Group that was to meet on Monday the 20th, next Monday, that's been moved due to scheduling to Tuesday at 1030. Tuesday at, at 1030, please see Robin McLaren, if you would, regarding that. If you have any questions... And that meeting is going to be at 10.30 Tuesday morning, the 21st, at Pastor and Mrs. Brown's home. 10, 8, 12. I'm going to be there to say hello, and then I'm getting out of there. I'm going to be a bunch of women uh, having dessert and talking about the missions and praying for missionaries and so forth. So I just wanted to give you that before I got into the text tonight. Amen? All right, let's get to Luke chapter 19. We're going to read verses 10 through 14. And I'll get my microphone on. I did... Uh, have opportunity uh, to see all our kids and 13 grandkids, and it was wild. And I'm glad that um, we got to meet. It was, it was good. Uh, it's good to come home. Now, Brother Daniel, our son that's uh, in Germany, working into Liechtenstein, he will be here next week. I think he's going to be here to hear Mark Rogers preach. Uh, we've had him booked for some time. 
the last Sunday of the month, and then Daniel uh, will be here Wednesday night, the 29th, before they fly back to Germany on the 30th. So a uh, lot to look forward to, but a lot still going on in between. So let's uh, now get into Luke chapter 19, and we'll read verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek to save that which is lost. And they heard these things. He added and spake a parable because he was nigh unto Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. That's the key word, immediately. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Now watch verse 14. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Jesus, your son, our savior our soon coming King. And we pray that this uh, new series, Lord, will honor and bless the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us as Christians today to stand boldly for your Son. Help us to not be ashamed of that wonderful, beautiful name, Jesus. And we pray that the introduction to our series tonight will be a source of encouragement and stir us and, Lord, provoke us uh, to witness and to broadcast that wonderful name of Jesus, your Son. Now, Lord, help us, we pray. Well, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm starting a new series tonight on the trouble with Jesus. I was reading a book not long ago, and the premise of the book had to do with our world having trouble with Jesus Christ. People don't mind talking about God in a general sense. Our enemy, the devil, doesn't mind that there are religious people and religions. But what the, what the devil hates and what our current world hates, and it's been building since Calvary, is the person of Jesus Christ. Now, I would like to mention here the title of the message tonight, and that's this, the truth and traditions that divide us. Not every person that claims the name of Jesus Christ are actually followers or true disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, illustration, there's the church of Jesus Christ and the Latter-day Saints. They may have Jesus' name in the title of their organization, but it doesn't make them Christian. We live in a world today that is anti-Christ. And that's the trouble with Jesus today is this. The world doesn't want him. Therefore, the world's not going to love you or want you either if you bear his name and not be ashamed of him. Jesus reminded his own disciples, listen, they hated me before they hated you. And that hasn't changed. It's gotten worse. And the Lord should be here at any moment. The imminent return, not just soon return, the imminent return of Jesus Christ is any day at any time. Amen? Now, after the attack on America in 9-11... 2001, things began to move quicker and more uh, uh, intent uh, to uh, introduce to our country, our Christian-based country, other gods and other uh, religions. And certainly we have seen this take place. 
The devil took the opportunity to turn the world's hatred against Christ and the church at every level, every opportunity. The devils hate him, the devil hates him, and this world hates him. And the devil is working in the hearts of fallen mankind and using the, the Twin Towers and the attack on America in 9-11 again to traumatize our nation and then right on the heels of that attack, attack the person of Jesus Christ. Many world leaders, many world religious leaders got on platforms and prayed to God, but they would not pray to Jesus Christ. That set the tempo, that set the tone for what's happened since uh, 2001 to, to now. America was founded, obviously, we know that as Christians and Judeo-Christian values, beliefs, doctrines. The first founders of this great country were Puritans. Who were they? They were, they were scriptural separatists. They were Baptistic in their doctrine, in their polity. And they were attacked for it. Now, since then, the start of the church, and since the inception of this country, uh, these two, Jerusalem, the start of the church, and then this country, uh, uh, the America that we know, uh, the church inception, there's been an immediate attack by the enemy on Jesus Christ. But again, after the years pass, there's a refervency. You see, we saw in the Bible, as we studied in Sunday school not long ago about, about our adversaries, the devil... The Bible says he knows he has but a short time. And so he's working overtime, and so are his devils. The Bible, the King James Bible does not use the word demon. It calls them devils. They are working at trying to get as many people to go to hell as possible in these last days. And they're also working at the Christian to tear down the Christian, to hurt the church, and number one, to bring uh, slander against the name of Jesus Christ. There's an all-out attack on the name of Jesus. It's become a dirty word in our society. Not just the fact that people use it as a cuss word, but they don't want to hear that name of Jesus. And 9-11, uh, again, brought in all these world leaders and world religions and gave them a platform, different religions, ethical uh, persuasions, the name of Jesus prior to 9-11, uh, you could still hear that name on, on TV and in the radio and in the media. Our national holidays before 9-11, the name of Jesus would be quite readily mentioned in many venues. He would even be invoked in public prayers and displays and special holiday situations. Although it's always, since the time of the cross, been getting worse, it really came to fruition in a big way, the hatred of Christ there at 9-11. And so our nation today does not want to hear anything about Jesus. They don't want him to be prayed to. Prior to 9-11, our judicial system, our court system, there was a Bible. And they made everyone that come to a court lay their hand on that Bible and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Here's the word, so help me God. And lots of times the name of Christ would be mentioned in court. That doesn't happen anymore. That's been stricken. At that same time, the national leaders, after 9-11, they met in session, and they said that the name of Jesus Christ was offensive and would hurt other people's national beliefs. And so there was an ongoing attack against Christ. 
At Christmas, the carols were sung prior to 9-11, using the name of Jesus. You could still go today, but it's gotten worse, to the malls and the stores at Christmas time, and you hear the old hymns, and if you, if you pay attention to some of those songs, they are songs about Jesus. But they take out certain verses now, and it's more secular in the songs during that holiday season. Whether you believe in celebrating Christmas or not, it was an opportunity back in prior days for the name of Jesus Christ to be lifted up. My goodness, it's called Christmas, Christmas. And uh, so there's been an attack. He would be highlighted. The Christmas season gave opportunity for Christians to talk about his, that he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, that uh, he was born of a virgin, that he was raised in the godly home of Joseph and Mary. Uh, these were things that just happened. They were just part of our culture. Uh, then the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness in Mark chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 4 to be tempted of the devil, getting ready for his earthly ministry. And he spent on the earth, what, 3.5, three and a half years of ministry before the cross. And, uh, you know, uh, the Lord was getting Jesus ready for his earthly ministry days. And of course, he spent that. And he's going to come back, just like the Bible says, and get his bride, us, the church, just any time now. But as these days get closer, the name of Jesus is more blasphemed. Nobody wants to, in public to mention that name unless they're believers. At Thanksgiving time, many, if not most Americans, would sit down and bless the name of Jesus for the benefits that were bestowed upon them and their families. Again, on national holidays, Memorial Day, Independence Day, Flag Day, the name of Jesus was readily mentioned without too much difficulty, but that's not the case today. So there's a great attack. There's an angst against the Lord Jesus. There's a floodgate against the very name and nature of our Savior. And that's what I want to highlight right now. I want us in this series to understand what our role is in preaching and presenting the name of Jesus Christ. The world doesn't want you to talk about him. The world doesn't want his name lifted up. And sometimes I think many Christians are cooperating with the devil's program because they talk about the Lord and church and God, but we don't use the name of Jesus as much as we should as believers. Since this international effort has risen out of the, the Twin Towers and the tragedy of 9-11, this world would like to eliminate all reference to Christ. And they don't want him mentioned in any fashion on any platform or place. Uh, today we call it the progressive movement. And there's so much involved in that. But there's a new t uh, paragon uh, regarding the expression of faith that's come about. Because the world thinks that we need to have a spirit of cooperation. There needs to be, and there is a demand today of equal consideration and cooperation and tolerance for belief systems, including Satanists and paganism. But you know, these people that want tolerance for these other religions, they are not tolerant of Jesus Christ or the gospel or the church. They're not tolerant. They're vicious in their attack. A national platform of all sorts of holy men and women are presenting different aspects of their faith and having more openness to do this in America than Christians have 
to preach the gospel of Christ when this is a Christian-born nation. So the word of God condemns false religions, and we need to be reminded of that. I want to read a few verses for you tonight uh, regarding that. And since it's introduction, I hope you don't mind the Bible being read. And I've asked some different people to stand up and read the verses that I asked them, just to solidify this before we go on in the actual series. All this is introduction, okay? thought I'd do this on the night of Vacation Bible School because the crowd I knew would be a little lower. And this will help us, and next week I can review a little bit and move us on. But in Exodus chapter 20, the Bible records here the commandments of the Lord to Israel. And the Bible says in verse 1, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the command of God to his people back in the book of Exodus. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 and verse 11, we read this from Paul. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now we live in a world today that says be tolerant, be open-minded. Allow for different religions and different gods. But the Bible tells us that we don't need to have fellowship with the unfruitful rules of darkness, but we to reprove them. They need to be rebuked. They need to be corrected in that. Jesus Christ is God. He's only God. He's only Savior. No other way. But our world has alternate saviors. And they want an equal standing in the world between Jesus Christ and their particular deity or false religion. We're told otherwise in the word of God. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 1, Paul writes, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So that's where we're at today. Seducing spirits, doctrines of devils, false truths. They're not truths at all, but they're purported as truths. The Bible says in chapter 4, verse uh, 3, it goes on and says, Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. And every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused, if it received with thanksgiving. So there's religions that put bondage upon people, just like Judaism was a, a bondage to the people of Israel. And so we're told in the Old Testament that religion is not a good thing. We're told by the Apostle Paul that we're to reprove darkness. We're told in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, these other words inspired by the Holy Spirit, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Amen. So there's no other God, there's no other way to be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's it. He's exclusive. And when we preach that and when we propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ, that offends somebody. They want us to be quiet. They want us to be silent. You know, and they're not so, they're not have that much trouble with us talking about it in here. They just don't want it out there. As I've preached before, we got to get the salt out of the salt shaker, church, and make a difference in this world. And the biggest way is to talk about Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Promote Jesus. Not the church. Not doc. Not, not uh, denominationalism. I'm glad I'm a Baptist. And I don't have any trouble with that. Thank God for the Baptist position through the Holy Scriptures. 
But I'm a Christian. I bear the name of Jesus Christ. Start telling people that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, not a member of Parkview Baptist Church. That would be better if we would preach Jesus, promote Jesus Christ. There's power in that name. In 2 Timothy, as we read, Paul tells us that we ought to uh, speak expressly as the Spirit of God speaks expressly. Make it clear, make it plain to this world today. Don't back off of your position on Jesus Christ. It's not going to draw you many friends. It can cause some people to be offended. But we're not, we're not called to be friends of the world. We're called to be disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. Now, 1 John chapter 4, in verse 1, we read, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. You see, these other religions are false religions. I like, you know, some of the things that Dr. Green has said over the years kind of drew my attention, but I remember when we had Pastor Williams come here and was ordained as our assistant pastor, Dr. Don Green sat right there, and one of the things he stressed to Jeremiah and the crowd that was there, and he didn't care, he said, Jeremiah, we're right and they're wrong. And so listen, we're not talking necessarily about our church, but hey, when the Bible tells us to lift up in the name of the Jesus, we're right and they're wrong. Amen. So let's not be ashamed of that beautiful, wonderful name, Amen. the name of our Savior. Amen? Amen? Now, I've given out verses to different people, and I just want to hear from the audience some of these people. I just said, hey, would you read this? So we're going to look at some of these verses again about our Savior and about our faith. And uh, we're not interested in the danger and the false doctrines of false religions that have come to light in the last several years that are magnified by this world. They can get up all kinds of preachers and priests and rabbis and apostles and ministers and imams. I think that's how... I don't care about them. What does the Word of God say? So we're going to look a little bit more at the Word of God, okay? And uh, Mark chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. Who has that? Nice and loud, please. So that was the whole problem with Judaism. Tradition. Tradition. Not truth. Tradition. And so we're told to beware of that. Galatians chapter 1. Who has that? Verses 8 and 9. Dave? That's, that's pretty straight. Very strong. Let him be accursed. That's what Paul wrote. Any other gospel, save the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to get that. So that's mean. That's, God said that. God's word said that. The Holy Spirit made sure that was penned down. So we don't preach any other gospel, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 13, who has verses 22 and 23? Please stand.
All right, so he said there'd be false prophets, false religions, false teachers. Amen? 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Who has that verse? All right, Tyler. Jesus says, know their works. Look at their fruit. So how do we know any preacher? Well, then you watch them. You look at the longevity of their ministry and where, where their doctrine stays. Keep that. Anybody, listen, there are all kinds of good preachers. There are great orators. That don't mean they're of God. Angel, listen, Satan can turn himself into an angel of light. He's the master of it. We can't be fooled by that stuff. We've got to stick with the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, the truths of scripture. That's what we have to stick with, Christian. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3. Brother Cal? Perditious ways. Judas was called the son of perdition. The word perdition means devoted to destruction. Now, some people think that Judas got saved and lost his salvation. Judas never got saved. Jesus said he was a son of perdition. Now, we have teachers, false teachers on the internet, on TV, on, 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 in colleges and in pulpits all over the world that are false teachers, pernicious. They're, they're on their way to hell, but they sure sound like a preacher. And they sure, their doctrine is slick. Again, we've got to understand this. And you, you know you, what you believe, and you stick with what is true, and you watch the lives of people to see their doctrine lived out in their life. Romans 16, 17 and 18, and we'll be done. We'll move on. So these are just a few verses warning us about false teachers, false preachers, false doctrine, false religions. This is the group that doesn't want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the most dangerous of the cults and the most dangerous of false gods and false religions are those that take the name of Jesus Christ to themselves. You got to watch out for them. And I know that you might know somebody, a neighbor or a friend or a family member that is religious and involved in some of these false teachings, but you've got to separate yourself from your relationship with them and deal with what they truly are. For instance, the three major ones now that call themselves Christians that are not Christian, Mormonism. Uh, we had, uh, we had um, 
election not too long ago for president and what the, uh, uh, a Mormon, I can't think of his name right now, Romney. At that time, you never heard Mormons call themselves Christians, but then when he was trying to become president of the United States, they started using the tag of Christian. Mormon has never been a Christian faith, but now they name the name of Christian. That makes it sneaky because there's people that assume, well, they're Christians too. Uh, the Jehovah Witnesses, they're not Christian. And there's many other false doctrines, but they're, they're not Christian. They will not call Jesus Christ God. Mormons will not call him God. They'll call him a God, but not the God. And I hope this doesn't offend too many here tonight. I, Catholic doctrine is not Christian doctrine. It promotes saints, and it, promote, it promotes uh, statues. And to keep my line, my outline in S's, no, I won't do that. It makes Mary equal to Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. It's not Mary. It's not the saints. And again, we have relatives. We have friends. We have neighbors. We have acquaintances that we, we like. And listen, it has nothing to do with their person but if they believe these doctrines, they're false doctrines. And we need to be able to tell them, listen, we're not promoting Parkview Baptist Church. We're promoting Jesus Christ. Amen. We're promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the only Savior. No others. And so we have this world today that agenda is to make all the other gods equal to Jesus Christ. Their agenda, at the very least, is to totally eradicate the name of Jesus Christ altogether if they can get away with it. And the name of Jesus is being stricken in reference to our high schools, our colleges, our, our judicial system. They want that name out. As young people stand up before audiences at their graduation, they are told ahead of time, don't you use that name. They're threatened. Baccalaureate seven, uh, uh, ceremonies, and that's, that's to get a hold and pray to God. The name of Jesus is replaced with generic names, inoffensive names of God. Amen. So the issue that we're going to study over these next few weeks, I don't know how long it'll go. This is just an introduction to where we're going on our points, is that Jesus claims to be God, and he is. That's the rub that the world has. They don't want to name him God. They say he is a God. They'll even say he's a good teacher, he's a good leader, and so forth, but he calls himself God. The alternate religions won't go along with him being God. Again, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. There's no other sal There's no religious system that offers salvation. There's no other person that offers salvation. Jesus only. Amen. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Just the name of Jesus. Amen. When you go out and witness somebody, talk to them about Jesus. If they come up with alternative gods and religions and faith, say, no, listen, it's Jesus Christ. Keep them on track. Yeah. 
It's Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things of earth, and things under the earth. Philippians 2.11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So in a nutshell, the name of Jesus today is unwanted and unwelcomed in modern religious circles. I'm going to give you a quote here, and we're about wrapping it up. This is just introduction again. The New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman said this. Now listen to what this man said. Secular, humanist, progressive, New York Times columnist, liberal. He says, it is urgent that the different religions reinterpret their traditions to embrace modern pluralism and create space for secularism and alternative faiths. He's pretty clear. He don't want Jesus. Let's have an open door for alternative religions and faiths. Open the door to this type of falsehood. We need to fully understand today that the matter of faith and religion is important. The world doesn't want Jesus, and this world doesn't want you talking about Jesus. So if we can do anything in this little series that we're going to do over the next several Wednesday nights, we need to recognize the danger of the day we live in and preach Christ. Preach Jesus Christ. There's just three areas we need to do. We need to do it better. We need to talk about Jesus better than we have before. We need to talk about Jesus Christ boldly. Boldly. I've had a few men through the years that said, Preacher, pray for me that I'll be a bold witness. And when I hear a layman stand up and do that, it blesses my heart. Because, listen, I'm going to be the preacher in this pulpit and occasionally out in the community myself. But all of you are a missionary in a, in a, and, a, and a disciple of Jesus Christ and a witness for Jesus Christ. Where you go, where you live, in your factory, at your workplace, at the hospital at Ford Motor Company, at Edison, at wherever you might work. You're their missionary. So we need to get better at presenting Christ. And we need to get more bold, bolder than we've ever been before. This world's not backing up. They're getting out of the closet, and they're staying out of the closet. They want us back in. Go back in there, you bunch of Christians, and have your little services. But don't you talk to us out here about Jesus Christ. And then we need to do this, church, before the rapture. It's coming. It could happen at any time. So now it's for us to get serious again. You know, I got a chance to be with some preachers while I was on vacation. I went to church and worshiped the Lord. I went to a preacher's meeting. Uh, got a chance to be around some preachers. And everyone that I talked to about said the same thing. You know what happened into the church today? And this is the truth. The church has gotten sidetracked from our main goal. And that's to preach Jesus Christ and his gospel. And what happens to churches, even good churches, is we start picking at each other. And then other churches don't match up with us. You know, the other good independent fundamental Bible-believing Baptist churches and the missionary mind, all the churches that are standing on the word of God, they're not our enemy. We're co-laborers. We ought to be praying for them to grow. And we ought to be praying for them to be powerful. Amen. We're not in competition. We need to be collectively serving the Lord in our own individual local churches. But, man, our community's lost. It's going to hell. 
we need and they need to preach Jesus Christ. Better than we ever have before, with more boldness than we've ever had before, and before the rapture, because if we don't get the job done, there's going to be a host, a host, a host of people going to hell that maybe didn't have to if we would have preached Jesus. So this series, I want us to, we're going to, let's talk about Jesus, the King of Kings is He, the Lord of Lords supreme throughout eternity, the great I am, the way, the truth, the light, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. So I hope that whets your appetite a little bit. And each week I'll try to give us a different facet of how we can talk more about Jesus and be a, a greater witness in these days. Let's bow our heads if we would tonight. Again, tonight is just introduction. We'll get into